Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning and you're listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR. I'd like to start this broadcast by acknowledging that we are on stolen Wurundjeri land of the Kulin Nation. And um, today on Dirt Radio we've got a very special um, show. We're going to be talking with the most appropriately named of our coordinators, Alana Mountain, who is at the Forest Collective. Alana today is going to be discussing Threatened Species Day and um, a rally tomorrow. Are you there, Alana? Yeah, I am. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. How are you, Doc? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Still trying to work out this uh, Melbourne spring. It's kind of coming and going, but it's all good. It's quite nice this morning. <laughs> um, so I suppose we'll kick off with uh, Threatened Species Day. Uh, what is it and why are people commemorating it? And yeah, what, what do we at Friends of the Earth have to do with it? Well, National Threatened Species Day is commemorated across the country on the 7th of September because that's the date that the last known thylacine or the Tasmanian tiger uh, died in captivity in 1936. So across the country, this day is being used to raise awareness of plants and animals that are at risk of extinction. And obviously at Friends of the Earth, we care about the environment and the various impacts that are furthering the decline of uh, threatened species across the country. Yeah, right. Um, and I suppose to extend from that, um, I mean, how prevalent are these threatened species at the minute? How, like, in, in Australia, obviously, being from a different country, one thing that always strikes me about Australia is just how truly um, diverse and how beautiful all the flora and fauna is in this country. So how much is in Australia particularly under threat? Well, it's been found within every single ecosystem across Australia that there are declining species. There was a State of Environment report released only a few months back and it showed that majority of habitats are in dire, dire straits due to the impacts of climate change and land clearing. And most recently, a report from the United Nations Intergovernmental Science Policy Platform on Biodiversity and Ecosystem Services estimated that as many as a million species risk extinction in the coming decades due to human-related activities across the globe. So every day we're losing up to about 150 species, and that could be as much as 10% per decade. And Australia actually has the highest rate of extinction in the entire world. Oh, is that right? Is that is that strictly from climate change and um, all of the clearing that we're seeing uh, across the state? Yeah, well, if you can appreciate, Australia is a massive continent, so uh, there's been um, extensive land clearing, uh, you know, mining, uh, logging, etc., taking place on this continent for the last 200 years, which has obviously 
um, seeing the decline of species right across this, the country. How are we um, quantifying the species change? Is that just from, is it mainly a community effort or is it a bit of a combination of both? Well, we know through peer-reviewed science that there has been you know, significant impacts upon various ecosystems, whether that be the ocean or forests, etc., um, I could speak more specifically to forests, and I know that since 2006, the Greater Glider has gone from threatened to endangered. Oh, really? Um, and that's largely due to its habitat being cleared by the state logging agency, Vic Forests. And, you know, this is a an animal that's so um, significant to First Nations people culturally. They're, they're seen as animal totems, as well as just extremely iconic and incredible creatures. And this has occurred on the government's watch. So if that's just one species, um, you can imagine and appreciate that its habitat is home to many other living species. And we actually just don't know the the extent of damage that's taking place to all the living critters within the habitat of the Greater Glider as well. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I went um, on a big bush walk in Bunyip State Park on Saturday and I actually saw a female lyrebird and I was telling Australians and they're like you're very lucky um, because you know lyrebirds are a pretty private um, creature but you know I felt very kind of blessed by that but yeah it's definitely um, significant how much the so how much the species is changing uh, in the environment of Australia. To go on from that with this rally tomorrow what's um, going on with the rally and can you tell us a bit about it and the action that's the walk in the city tomorrow? Absolutely. So tomorrow at 10am, we're going to be gathering at Melbourne Museum and there will be a march taking place from the museum to Parliament. And then we're going to be finishing in the Treasury Gardens where the Great Tree Project's uh, massive 80-metre crafted tree is going to be unveiled, which represents the loss of these you know, massive mountain ash within the whole forest of Victoria, which are critical habitat for threatened species as they're hollow-bearing trees. And on the way, we're going to be stopping in front of DELP, the Department of Environment, Land, Water Planning, which has failed to take action for threatened species and protect habitat. Yeah, right. I've, I've heard about this uh, big tree, the big unveiling, the big project, and I'm quite excited for it. I think the um, people at SCAT are pretty excited about it as well. Um, what sort of turnout are you expecting and like, how can we get more people in the community to get out for this? Well, it's been uh, organised via the Victorian Forest Alliance, which has over 31 member groups currently. So that's 31 plus community groups that are coming together tomorrow to stand up uh, against the further destruction of threatened species habitat as well as School Strike for Climate, um, have gotten on board. So, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, a few of the school strikers have the the GAT test tomorrow, so they won't all be able to make it down. However, there is some support there. Um, and, yeah, we're, we're expecting, you know, a fair few people to be coming along as we've tapped into various networks and everyone's jumped on board. So, yeah, I can appreciate it's a weekday and people are probably busy and working, but, uh, yeah, I've seen people you know, come along and give support for important issues like this. Mm, 31, that's pretty good um, community group. Uh, this, I suppose it just shines a lot on how important this issue is to all of us uh, in this uh, community. I have Sam Castro in the studio now. 
Well, hello. Hey, Sam. How are you doing? Just popping by? Yeah. I thought I'd drop in. Sorry. Battling the traffic and trams. Can we have better public transport? Anyway. Hey, Alana. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you, Sam? Yeah, good. Thank you. Uh, Alana, I'm just wondering uh, if we could talk a little bit about, we know there was the new forest protest laws that were introduced. I'm just wondering whether there has been anyone arrested under those laws yet, because I note that there's been community groups going out into the forests. Yeah, there was an action that took place yesterday out in the Black Range, where somebody locked onto a logging machine. However, I'm not sure if anyone's been arrested. I don't believe so. I believe that the person unlocked um, and wasn't arrested. Uh, However, yeah, those laws still stand to be tested. And as far as citizen science goes, nobody's been impacted yet by the changes in law. I don't think they're actually, um, they've been fully enacted. We're still waiting for them to come come through Uh, and be properly, yeah, legislated. Yeah, I think they have to be signed off by some Correct. The person. Governor General. <laughs> some person Maybe, some, lives in a very comfortable person. home. Yes. Uh, well, it's good to know that people have not been deterred. I believe that in that particular area, there has already been a lot of citizen science that has found gliders. Yeah, that's correct. So the uh, glider is super, super important and has been part of our uh long-term campaigning at Friends of the Earth to protect the Greater Glider. Uh, Should we do a a shout-out, Alana, to anyone who knows where Swoopy is? (laughs) Yeah, if anybody happens to know where the Greater Glider animal suit is, uh, please hit us up. We've been on the hunt for it because Swoopy is such a great addition to any rally and will be sorely missed tomorrow. Yes, it seems Swoopy has gone AWOL, maybe was a little bit burnt out, needed a rest. Yeah, all of us do sometimes, hey. It's gone bush. But if you have seen a giant glider wandering around. Or somebody in a giant glider costume. (laughs) Pretending to be. (laughs) uh, Please do let Friends of the Earth and Alana from the Forest Collective know we have been searching for Swoopy for quite a long time, as have many of the citizen scientists. That's very true. We really need Swoopy back. <laughs> I think we'll take the Swoopy as a bit of a CSA break. We'll just have a quick minute break and um, we'll be back with Alana after. Stay on the line. I want to drop food, not bombs. Hot trains, bottles, giving every info shop. I want to give free therapy out in the park. Go to free school, jump to that rack, go to drop food, not bombs. When I was new to Melbourne, I found a Food Not Bombs fly on the road and I had like this feast with a carrot and carrots are my favourite vegetable. Yeah, I think they were asking for help doing stuff and I got in touch. We, I guess, rescue food. That would otherwise go to waste. I like the aspect of sharing food and um, not making anyone feel obligated to pay anything for it. We make a real point at Food Not Bombs of involving everyone who wants to be involved in whichever part they want to be involved in. For more information, go to fnbmelb.noblogs.org. Food Not Bombs is a 3CR supporter. You're listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR. We're back with the interview with Alana. Alana, could you give us a bit of insight into why Vic... 
forests would um, still be logging these forests if they're such a critical part of the ecosystem? That's a very big question to answer, but (laughs) quite simply, um, basically there's a contract uh, to supply a certain amount of wood pulp per year to Nippon, which is a Japanese-owned company. And, yeah, the timber industry has free access to state forests and it's operating at a loss to the taxpayer and it's operating at a detriment to the environment and to communities, placing them at risk of bushfires, etc. However, there is just, you know, some very strong um, dissent to ending native forest logging as certain people left within the industry still believe that it's a sustainable practice, even though we know it's not. So really why it's taking place is because of these contracts as well as a, you know, an, an old school culture that logging is still sustainable and important to communities. Yeah, it's, it's shocking really, especially when you see all the natural beauty that's out there and what it's protecting um, that our state government would still be doing these things. Um I guess what what are forests doing? What what things have you got in the pipeline with um, Vic uh, Vic Forests and you know trying to stop this and get the community on board to actually engage in um, going against Vic Forests in this sort of environment? Yeah, so there's been a lot of community work taking place um, in terms of court cases and citizen science to highlight that Vic Forests are widely unregulated. We've seen that King Lake Friends of the Forest has put up an incredible case with the Greater Glider and just before Christmas, Environment East Gippsland and uh, GEG as well, um, they they all put an injunction over any coop across Victoria, largely, where a Greater Glider was found. So that's been really impactful upon the industry. They haven't been able to log much uh, forest within that that duration that the court case has been up and running. And then we also see that, you know, the Wildlife of the Central Highlands case has also injuncted various coops um, across the Central Highlands. So court cases have been extremely impactful and citizen science efforts have obviously helped to gather the evidence to put forward before the courts. Um, Something else that's been worked on is a transition plan for the industry. So we believe that the government is failing to support regional communities and to provide them with uh, genuine outs from the industry and to transform Mm. their communities to become resilient within a climate crisis. Uh, Kim Croxford at Friends of the Earth, she has been working on the transition, just transition uh, project, which is really incredible and forward-thinking and quite exciting. You know, this is the first time that we're seeing from within the movement a a proper plan being de- developed for regional communities and affected workers by the government's inaction to transition them now. Alana, I always have this, uh, God, what is it, conflicting kind of feeling because... You know, I, I think it's super important that communities own and participate in our uh, protection of the environment and each other in terms of social and human rights. So I think 
we do have an obligation to be the ones creating plans for the world that we want to live in and moving ourselves towards it. But at the on the other end, it's incredibly frustrating to hear that we are constantly, as community, doing the work that the government should be doing. Uh, I mean, I just, how do you feel as a forest activist about that? Because it's a, it's a double-edged sword, as they say. Uh, on the one hand, it's like, great, we are deciding where we go and what we do. Uh, but on the other hand, it's like when you say the government is failing, they're absolutely failing, not only in coming up with a transition plan, but in protecting what's left and doing the science that citizen scientists, scientists are doing. That's really hard to say fast, by the way. Um, so I'm just really curious, how do, you, how do you and the forest community feel about this? Because it must be frustrating to be doing the job of what the government and a lot of very well-paid uh, public officials and uh, government departments are supposed to be doing. Absolutely, Sam. And it's even more frustrating when we put forward this evidence and we follow all the you know, bureaucratic means and play by their books in terms of, you know, court cases or submitting reports to the Department of Environment, Land, Water, Planning, and they just don't take action. And, yeah, it is a double-edged sword, and I I feel exhausted um, <laughs> often. But, you know, we, as a community, we love our, our forests, and, you know we would just continue to fight for them because we know that they are so important. And, yeah, you just can't... Once you've seen something, you can't unsee it. Mm. The first time I saw Clearfell logging, it changed the entire direction of my life. And I enrolled in environmental science and started volunteering with the Wilderness Society and Yellingbow Nature Reserve to recover the helmeted honeyeater, which is also an endangered species, um, an endemic bird to Victoria. And, yeah, you just do all that you can. And I know that you feel the same on this topic. Mm. You just can't unsee what you've seen. That's a a really uh, interesting point that you make about not being able to unsee or unknow what you know is going on, which I think propels a lot of the motivation for people that – a lifelong activists in, in whatever struggle. It's just like once you know, you can't unknow it, so you have to do something about it. Tell us more, Alana, about what actually that moment, that day that radicalised you and changed the direction of your life because it's a question I often get asked as an activist, you know, what is there a moment, was there a moment where you suddenly went, no, I'm going this way and there was several moments, key moments for me that are very, very clear. Um, tell us a little bit more about that day. I think it actually goes back to high school, really, when my dad took me to my first rally. Um, and that was the beginning of radicalizing me, being Good on the dad. street. Yeah, <laughs> what a legend. <laughs> Marching and just being amongst other people who care about the same thing as you, as passionately as you feel within your body. And then, yeah, the, the forest fight really began for me when I was 20 years old and I went out to... Talangi and saw a clear fell and it just felt so um yeah horrendous and shocking and I just felt so much grief within myself for the next few weeks post witnessing that and you either fall into a heap of despair or you stand up and you begin to take action and 
we are all experiencing some level of climate grief at this point. You know, for those who are woke <laughs> to what's happening in the world, mm. we feel a certain level of grief and the antidote to grief is taking action and finding community yes. and finding people who are as passionate about the things that you are. Yes, a, a very wise uh, activist has been telling many of us for many years, action is always the antidote to despair. Uh, and it really is uh, to just get up and do things. And, yeah, you don't always get them right. They're not always perfect. They don't always achieve the result. But it's definitely a lot better than um, sitting around and, and moping about it. And, yeah, we have to create pathways for change. So it's really interesting to find out what mo motivates people. And, yeah, I remember the first time I, I saw an area that had been clear-filled and it's, it feels so incredibly brutal and violent uh, was my feeling. Like I just, I just felt like the area had been completely brutalised and – um, I guess that's the extension of also that sort of eco-feminist perspective that what we do do to ourselves, we also do to the planet. And it just, yeah, it's a very violent thing to witness. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really felt it within my womb mm. as a woman. Mm. Yeah, and it's very primal, isn't it? Yeah, and it just felt so wrong and so devastating and shocking because you you can see that nothing is left behind for the animals that once dwelled there. And it's really difficult to understand how someone else could think that this is okay, mm. that this kind of ecocide is justified. Yeah, for a few dollars or to hold a couple of thousand jobs, you know. <laughs> not even. Yeah, not <laughs> even yeah. Not even that. It's like the rest of us have had to retrain 20 times in our lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we need pathways and we need action. So action being the antidote to despair, give our listeners one more uh, plug on how they can get involved tomorrow and where they need to show up and – uh, bringing signs and all sorts of things if they can. Uh, remind us where we have to go. At 10 a.m. we're meeting at the Melbourne Museum in the square near the entrance mm -hmm. and you are encouraged to dress up as your favourite animal, whether that be a threatened species or not, and, yeah, bring banners or placards. We're going to have uh, Extinction Rebellion there with Blinky and the Sybils. So there'll be lots of theatrics taking place. And, yeah, we just want to have fun as well and celebrate our diversity of incredible animals that we have here in Australia. Yes. I, I won't show up as my favourite animal because it might be considered a, preda a predator to many of the <laughs> native animals. And I'm scared there'll be a bunch of greenies there that might try and catch me and beat me up. Okay, let me just correct. You have to come as a native species. Thank please. you. <laughs> <laughs> a native species or a tree, uh, <laughs> whatever you can find on the way to the museum at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Alana, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, and just before you leave, if people can't make it to the rally tomorrow, how can they get involved with Friends of the Earth Forest Collective? Because uh, you're all doing amazing work to amplify all of the community groups out there that are doing work in the regions. How, how do people get involved? You can directly contact me at fo, Friends of the Earth, at alana.mountain at fo.org.au. That's my email address. 
Um, otherwise, you can go online to our website and you can find a forest section and you can sign up to the Forest Collective to receive newsletters that way. Otherwise, awesome. just pop into yeah the Friends of the Earth Food Co-op and come have a chat. I'm usually there every second Thursday. And yeah, you can come and start taking action for the forest or the climate, etc. Via the various other groups that exist. Brilliant. Uh, look forward to seeing you hopefully tomorrow if you're not too busy with thousands of people on the streets. <laughs> yeah, looking forward to it, Sam. All good. Thanks, Alana. Thanks for the interview today. Really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you so much as well. Have a nice day. You too. Ciao. That was. Goongaroo Environment Centre is a grassroots community organisation campaigning for East Gippsland's precious forests. For over 15 years, we've been using direct action, citizen science and community engagement to stop the continued logging of precious native forests and threatened species habitat. After this summer's terrible bushfires, there's an even greater urgency to protect what remains, and the Victorian government haven't ruled out plans to log the small fragments of unburnt forests and so-called salvage log in burnt areas. It's now so important that forests and wildlife are protected so they can recover. Head to gecko.org.au to keep updated with the latest news and to get involved. Gecko acknowledges the logging is happening on the stolen lands of the Gunnakurnai and Bidwell and Monaro people and that sovereignty was never ceded. A 3CR supporter. You're listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR with Jack and Sam and just had a great interview with Alana of the Forest Collective. Yeah, the Forest Collective are awesome. Strongly urge you to get involved. They're doing amazing work and supporting a lot of the smaller community groups and regional groups that are out closer to the forests in Gippie and, well, really across the whole range up to the tablelands. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, it's very important work. It's kind of one of my favourite parts of the whole country out there it's kind of it's very peaceful when you're out there isn't it i'm not sure how often you get out there sam i know you're very busy busier <laughs> than i but i try and get out there a bit my i have family out in hillsville so i, I do actually i'm going out there tomorrow oh, to that's, work that's with good. another friends of the earth person yeah it's, nice yeah hillsville is there's something magic in hillsville i don't know if it's the water or the hills or what but it's certainly a nice place to go and a drop yes. of wine if you know that's your thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's lots of vineyards and stuff. I won't be going to them during the day. Uh, day drinking, unfortunately, tomorrow I'll be working. But yeah, it's always fair. nice to get out and get close to the forest that we're fighting to help protect. And all those little critters, there's so many of them. If the government had some scientists to just go and do that science, <laughs> yeah. they'd stop logging immediately. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so much of the science is being done by the good people who are doing it on their days off for no pay, yeah. which is... Yeah. Great work, but like you were saying earlier, it's really not the way that we should be dealing with issues is yeah. leaving it to people to do it essentially as a volunteer, you know. It's it's hard yes. to give your time up and do those things and it's not the right way to go about fixing issues, is it? Not in the long term, no. It's not sustainable uh, in terms of if the government doesn't know what's in the forest, how are they ever going to do the right thing by the forest? Yeah, 100%. Um, Knowledge is power, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I think we'll wrap it up for today, Sam. But yeah, I hear we're going out with a cute little critter song. We are. So up next is uh, Gav and Billabong Beats, and we've been Dirt Radio. Friends of the Earth, you're listening to 3CR. One, two, three, four...
laughing at the snow uh, Maybe that spider knows Something that I don't know Cause I'm goddamn cold Little white monkey staring at the sand Well, maybe that monkey figured out something I couldn't understand, who knows Well, I came upon a dancing crab And I stopped to watch it shake I said, dance for me just one more time Before you hibernate and you come out of crab cake Snapping at a shell Ah, oh, there's mysteries inside I know, but what they are I just can't tell for sure And hey, a little baby crow You're looking kind of mean I think I ought to split Before you start letting up your steam For sure Sexy pig, you made it with a man And now you've got a little kid With who's instead of hands And no Mockingbird, they sing about you in songs Oh, where you been? Have you broke a wing? I haven't heard you in so long And hey there, little albatross Swimming in the air Ah, oh, come on, you know I can't fly And I, I think we really gotta play fair And hey there, Mr. Happy Squid You move